Hello and welcome to the Beatles World Cup, where at the very beginning we had a giant glass, let's call it a milkshake, uh, which had 213 <laughs> litres of There's a glass and a half. There. It's a glass and a half, all right. And slowly with our two straws, we've been drinking the Beatlesness, and at the very bottom of that glass is going to be a beautiful, glorious, greatest Beatles song of all time. Are we uh, on a date? Uh, well, you're, if it's a milkshake, you're dancing by yourself, surely, because oh, that's, that's the ongoing uh, psychological therapy yeah, that this yes. podcast is giving you, um, you. Rob. Um, so there we go. Yes, I'm Jono. I'm Rob. Uh, and we have, well, we're getting closer and closer. We're at heat 45 of uh, of 51 heats, so we're really at the tail end of it now. And uh, last week we picked out four more random songs to talk about. Rob, please they tell were. us. Run for Your Life from Rubber Soul. Revolution number nine from the White Album. If I needed someone from Rubber Soul. Oh yes, great week. And Free as a Bird, which was a single and came from the anthology album. Hmm. Welcome to another heat of the Beatles World Cup. Just loving this, aren't you, Rob? It's like a double, double soul, double soul, a wooga, a wooga. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've got to do the whoop, whoop, whoop. Well, let's <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop into the first rubber soul track. Run for your life. Yes, uh, I, I'm being all excited about rubber soul, Jono, but unfortunately, with run for your life, we're in that territory of John Lennon not being so nice to women in songs. You know, lyrics like, "Well, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than be with another man." Hmm. Uh, let this be a sermon. I mean, everything I said, baby, I'm determined, and I'd rather see you dead. Yeah. I know, you know, there were different, very different attitudes back then, and there are a lot of dodgy lyrics in a lot of music when we go back, not just to the 50s, but back into the 40s and the 30s. You know, you read some lyrics, you go, ooh, I'm not sure that'd fly today. Hey, look, Rob, there's some dodgy lyrics just a few tracks before, if I can, you know, throw back to girl. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. I, I, I hear you on FM, Jono. You know, um, it's a tricky listen. Uh, what makes it hard is the song absolutely bops along and is supremely listenable. But at the same time, the lyric is saying how jealous he is and how he'd like to kill this woman. Not in an ambiguous way ever. It's if you're with this fella, you know, you're toast. You know, it's it's not so great on that count, Jono. So I'm very conflicted about Run For Your Life. Um, very listenable, very questionable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, my first note which I wrote here was, ouch. Like, as in, oh, God, this is not... Like, you're right about the... If you heard this kind of in the background and you weren't focusing on the lyrics, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just grim once you actually really focus on what the what the lyrics are saying. Um, mm. It's got a really nice bluesy sound. It's got a real nice vibe to it. Oh, yes. And look, this is why... I think it was on our last show, I pulled out a song saying, you know, this is a John song where he likes the girl and she likes him and everything's great. It's very notable. Because of tracks like this, where he writes stuff like this, mm. it's 
it's it's more extraordinary the more you sort of look at the the words written on paper and think he actually wrote this he committed this to paper and then sung it you know yeah um and no one questions it no Hmm. It, it is it is, a, it is a little creepy they never performed it live so they kind of thought that much of it hmm. so I don't know and it ends the album this is the last this is the last thing you hear when you finish the Rubber Soul album is run for your life the last message after but they leave you with <laughs> you know after Michelle and 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 uh, you know the word and drive my car. drive my car Norwegian word yeah in my life and the last thing you hear is if you're with him I will kill you yeah. well look Norwegian would to be fair I speculate that he burns the woman's house down um, in that lyric true so, <laughs> you know that's borderline yeah gosh John <laughs> what are you doing what are John? you doing um, mm. yeah what a shame shame about the lyrics like the tune. Very that? much like the tune. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I'm not really sure we could say, that, you know, don't like the lyrics, like the tune too much of the next track, which is Revolution Number no. 9, because I don't <laughs> think there are lyrics or a tune. I've got a bit of a story about this. I had a mate play me this when I was about 12. And when you're 12 and it's the late 1980s, this was genuinely a super weird thing to listen to. These days, it's just a bit quirky, I guess, because technology has enabled people to make far more weird sounding music than this. Mm. But back in the 80s, and certainly 20 years before that, when it was recorded in the 60s, this was just batshit insane, mm. you know, and only the Beatles could get away with this kind of thing, putting out truly weird, basically experimental music on a major LP release just because they can. And, you know, if anyone out there listens to this for pleasure on a regular basis, you might be in need of some therapy. You know, <laughs> once once every 20 years is fine with me. Um, quite notably, Macca was a bit annoyed with this track getting on the LP at all, partly because it was just John and Yoko, you know, pissing around with some sounds. And George. Uh, George was and- involved with us too. That wasn't just them. Okay, okay, Mm. so it was three of them. Mm. But he was also annoyed because he'd actually been making sound collages for a few years, you know, because the story is famously like John John was married and everyone was partnered off and Paul was actually the swinging bachelor, had his bachelor pad, made experimental music. He was actually the really weird, quirky one around this time and he got annoyed that this got on the album and everyone thinks, oh, there's John being weird. Yeah, he's the weird one. He's the experimental one. Mm when actually Paul was quite the innovator with this sort of stuff himself. Well, because he it's the famous missing track, right? Which is the Carnival of Light one. Yes, that Paul did, yes. Yeah, which does exist. It literally is sitting somewhere. Uh, and I think they were talking about releasing it with Sgt. Pepper, with the deluxe um, remake, and Giles Martin said it just didn't fit. There was no reason for it to be on there. Mm. And apparently it is just a mishmash of sound. Like, I think it's just become this kind of holy grail. I yeah. think if we heard it, we would not be so impressed. Um, oh, yeah. There are movies like that, the lost movies that have been lost over the years. London After Midnight is one. And everyone wants to see this film <laughs> because it's lost, not because it's particularly good. That That is very similar. I the, think. the 10th the, Planet, Episode 4. <laughs> yes, 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 for the Who fans. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. Uh, I will tell you one thing. 
Rob. Mm-hmm. What? Though I too see the twist. <laughs> Look, and there's the, a bit about it was like, oh, I went to the dentist and got a new set of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> there are some very strange bits in it. I agree. But at the end of the day, it's someone with 1960s level technology sticking stuff together and talking over it. It's, it's, it's not really that profound. I actually believe, and it would be, it kind of make some sense because it would have been around the same time. There's a little glimpse, there's a little like a hook or a, or a loop of a bit of while well, my guitar gently weeps in this. And I oh, haven't yeah. read it anywhere, but I just have heard it. It's like, ah, oh, that's a little... It feels like I've just taken a snippet of that and just done something to it. I might be completely wrong, because I think you can... This is like white noise. You can you can pick out anything you want in this. Yeah, yeah. It's there. Um, it's, somebody was just going very crazy with the left-right fader, weren't they? Because it just... Yeah. It's, it's like you can just see them go, okay, go to the left. Okay, swing it all over to the right. Into the left again. Into there. Well, it's kind of like, what technology do we have? Well, we can stick bits of tape together with some sticky tape and we can go from left to right mm. and we can make one track loud and one track soft. Okay, that's a, that's about all they could do. I tell you what, it is definitely the weirdest um, uh, background music to us talking about it. Because <laughs> normally yes. there's like a nice little hum. This is just, yeah, sorry. Mm. If you're just hearing people screaming. Yeah, very weird. Uh, from the, um, can I ask you this, Rob? What's your favourite part of Revolution Number no. 9? If you could pick a little bit that you're like, I actually don't mind that bit. Oh, you've, you've put me on the spot there. I, I, I like when it seems like a, a radio is being um, gone through the channels. Mm. You know, I, I like that sort of thing in, in other songs as well. Because they did that a lot in I'm a Walrus. In yeah. Fact, even more so then. Yeah. There's there's a Morrissey song. I'm trying to think. I know it's going to happen someday. It's one of the Morrissey songs that David Bowie covered. Um, but the Morrissey version at the start, it sounds like they're, they're tuning through a few different channels on a radio. And I, I, I like that sort of thing. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> I like that sort of thing. I quite the little bit. I think it's towards the beginning where it sort of sounds like another song's coming in, and it sort of sounds like number nine. That's my favourite piece. Okay. There's just some very strange stuff, and it's got Yoko talking about it's good to be naked or something. I should have picked that bit. That's actually quite fun. Yeah. Um, I think we can move on from that. We could try and talk about it for eight or and a half we, minutes. We become, na- we become, we become naked. naked, maybe. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, we could try and talk about that for eight minutes to <laughs> match the track, but we can't. So let's move on to uh, If I Needed Someone. If I Needed Someone. We're back to Rubber Soul, and this is a, not not a uh, questionable track. Um, <laughs> we sometimes talk about George getting the rough end of the stick in the band uh, with his songwriting. And it's my belief, Jono, that this is the only George song that was ever performed live. How about that? Wow. Really? Um, yeah. Now, that doesn't mean George didn't get to sing in their concerts. He got to sing quite a bit. But he was singing, but he wasn't singing, I should say, his own stuff. Um, but on the 1965 tour, this song was in the mix and he sang it. So I guess earlier songs he was singing were covers and things like that. That's wow. my belief anyway. Someone might like to fact check that. Just keep me on the straight and narrow. Hmm. 
And you know, John, I think this is a really good song. It has some Indian influences, but it's not like, oh, bugger it, let's just play Indian music. It's a more subtle blend of Indian stuff. Uh, and of course, aside from the Indian stuff, there's a healthy dose of the birds in there. And I think when the Beatles press officer went to live in the US, George told him, oh, if you bump into Roger McGuinn, you know, from the birds, tell him that, you know, a couple of birds tracks had helped inspire this this particular song. Mm. So, you know, I think it's the, the Indian sitar sort of sound, but the 12-string guitar sound as well is in there. I think it's a really neat track. I, I like it quite a lot, actually. Yeah, it's uh, lovely harmonies. Gosh, we say it every week, don't we? Lovely harmonies. Um, yeah. Uh, it's also thinking like the guitar sound feels like it's taken a jump up in terms of not so much quality, but just you, you, you're sort of hearing more. It feels like there are more layers to it. Um, maybe just, again, technology, but it feels like there's a... It feels crisper and cleaner and there's a bit more of a, I don't know, overall soundscape from the guitars which sound they just sound really nice yeah the production on rubber soul is better than previous albums you know i think just technology had had advanced a bit and Mm. maybe abbey road had been updated a bit still fairly primitive you know overall but these these out this album onwards sounds so much better than even say something from a year or two earlier, like a hard day's night or something, yeah. which sounds really primitive compared to this sound. I'll yeah. put it out there though. I don't. I don't feel like it's necessarily a great fit for George. I'm not sure. I don't know. If it, I don't feel like the maybe it's the lyrics or the vibe or something. It doesn't feel quite to me like it should have been him mm-hmm. singing it. But then I don't know who it would have been. I'm not sure it's a John song. No, there's not. Might have been a Paul, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Carve your number on my wall and maybe you'll get a call from me. Mm. That's kind of more John, actually. Mm. Mm, we yeah. could analyze that. We could. Um Yeah, no, it's very it's a very nice, very nice song to listen to. Yeah, I like um, it. I will tell you this though, Rob. What is it? That is the last rubber soul track in the heat no you have not got any more rubber souls coming your way that's very sad hmm I bet we've got more white album I do, definitely think we do we've probably got a yellow submarine floating around in there somewhere as well hmm um yeah so then we just wanted to let you know that okay I'm very hmm. sad now it's okay it's okay right. you're good uh, okay. Let's go to our last track today, and that a uh, bit of a bit of a curio. This one, uh, which is the 1995 "Free as a Bird." Yeah, do you remember anthology coming yeah, to TV? I do vaguely. Um, I remember it being a big thing. Oh, well, it was. It was the days when event TV was a thing. You know, 2003 or whatever it was. We had the internet back then, but we were still a long way from time shifting and beaming things from our smartphones to our TV sets and Mm. things like that. Um, TV sets were still those big CRT type things. They weren't flat screen and not Wi-Fi enabled, etc. And we would watch things go out on live TV, adverts and all. And, you know, when this song came out with Anthology... I thought it was really nice, really good. And what sold it for me were two things. The treatment on John's voice to mask that it was just a demo tape, you know, 
you know, he's pissing around on a demo tape. So they put this treatment on his voice. It made him sound like psychedelic John from the 60s, which I think was really cool. It was probably one of the few effects they could do on the voice with the sort of sounds that they had. And then the bits where Macker and George would come in always felt very poignant, like whatever happened to the life that we once knew can we really live without each other? You know, it was about them. It was about being in the band. It was about something they'd lost. There was this melancholy sort of feel to it. Um, Paul got to sing a verse. George got to sing a verse. George reefs out a big guitar solo. It's it's a really nice thing. Is it a great, great, great Beatles song? Eh, probably not. But it's very listenable. And it was so nice to hear them back and not shit the bed basically with something terrible you know mm. it's 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 quite all right uh they're kind of limited weren't they because they essentially had uh a, a cassette of him and uh yes. he did the vocals and the piano at the same time they couldn't separate it so they sort of had to just stick in around that um george martin was asked to do the the producing of this and he didn't because he uh, hearing issues but he did do mm. the soundtrack of anthology so he produced that but just not the song it went to obviously Jeff Lynne from ELO and I think it's the same thing like Real Love it, it this has more of a ELO vibe to it than Beatles I think this does not to me seem like a Beatles song really mm. well it's a it's a John Solo song really yeah <laughs> yeah so, uh, I know what you mean though about the production um yeah, yeah. I think Jeff, Jeff Lynne wishes he was a Beatle. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'd think. Rather, I, I wonder if it's more of like you know, treat this for what it is, which is just a moment of where they all come back together, and it doesn't necessarily need to be great or even Beatles esque. It's just the Beatles coming back together. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I'm, we're I'm overthinking it a little bit. I will say I love. Um, love the music video which is the the, the blackbird flying very around, well basically. done yeah yeah bits of clips and such yeah, yeah. and they've um done new backgrounds I, I'm, I'm describing it like our listeners have never seen it mm. <laughs> you, you've all seen it it's wonderful it's a really well done clip yeah very cool um yeah a curio i think this uh it is slow it <laughs> it does feel a little do you think it is slow, but what could they do? I know. Yeah. They could do real love. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Okay. Um, apparently, though, um, so when they remastered, I think it was again Giles, Master, Giles Masters, Giles Martin, who remastered um, One, mm-hmm. and it's called One Plus, I think. I've seen like the Blu-ray copies of it and DVDs and things, and it, I think it was also a CD release. But apparently they remastered this and pulled... Uh, cleaned up John's vocal more so you can hear more of John's vocal and also Paul's vocal which was sort of probably a bit hidden under John in the mix uh, mm-hmm. comes up so you can kind of hear the more duetting I guess rather than him supporting him okay so to look it up yeah apparently one of George's lyrics changes as well so there we go I okay. have to look at it. It's not on Spotify, which is interesting. So it must be just something that you have to buy. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. You can go and buy some music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Well, those are our four tracks this week. Run For Your Life, Revolution Number 9, If I Needed Someone, and Free As A Bird. 
Mm. So what we do you want? A bit, 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 bit of misogyny? Shall we do uh, some misogyny no, this week? No, no to that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, revolution number nine. No. It's really if I needed someone or free as a bird. And of the two, I think I've got to go with if I needed someone. It's the only real pick, isn't it? It really. is. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we could say, if we could do it by instrumental only, I think Run For Your Life could have been up there. True. But sorry, let down by the lyric. Uh, yeah, Revolution number nine. I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, Free as a bird, a curio, but but not a great song. If I needed someone, yeah, definitely out of them. And hey, look, I just want you to have one more rubber sole up on the list to go through. <laughs> this has been the Stephen Bradbury of our heats so far. Now, you might not be familiar with Stephen Bradbury, but he was the uh, the Aussie at the Winter Olympics about 20 years ago. They were speed skating. Oh, yeah. He was, and he was coming last and everyone else fell over. <laughs> and he yep. skated past and got yep. gold. Yep. I feel that this is the Stephen Bradbury of our um, heats so far. Excellent. Well, congratulations. It's my, it's my little small clap to... Uh, clap. A small clap to if I needed someone. All right, we need to pick out another four songs for our next heat. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okie dokie. First up, it is next week. I'm a loser. Ooh, from Beatles for sale. Yep. I've just seen a face from Help. Mm -hmm. Very lots of eyes this week. I'll follow the sun. Beatles for sale. Well, we have another eye to finish it. No, we won't. Octopus's Garden. Oh, there you go. From (laughs) Abbey Road to, to finish it off. There we go. Those are our four tracks for next week. Hey, we'd love for you to join us and we'd love for you to get in touch. Uh, the Beatles World Cup at gmail.com was our email address. The Beatles World Cup on Facebook at Beatles World Cup uh, on Twitter and our poll will be up soon. And uh, yeah, please let us know what you think. Let us know if we've got it right. I'm sure out there somewhere is a Revolution Number no. 9 fan. Yes. Who currently is very upset. They're in therapy, but. Yeah, they have internet access. Yeah. <laughs> just just get some of that primal screaming our way and tell us uh, that we got it wrong. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, have a great week. We'll join us next week for um, a dip into the ocean with Ringo. Bye-bye. It'll be fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.